On today's show, the Maple Leafs add bulk on their back end. What does this mean for the blue line going forward? We'll discuss that and tell you everything you need to know so far about the new hockey league starting up that involves a Toronto team. All that more on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. All right, we got a fun show uh, lined up for you guys today. The Leafs, they did a thing. So we got some actual Leafs news to react to and break down as they bring in uh, some blue line help, a little bit of depth in Simone Benoit. We'll tell you all about this cat and whether or not we think he'll be a factor with the Maple Leafs next season. But also some encouraging news on the hockey front in the women's side of things. The PWHL, the Professional Women's Hockey League, gets the green light and a whole slew of information came out today about the league and the teams involved and what we need to know going forward uh, about the league that is about to embark in its inaugural season uh, in uh, January of 2024. So we'll tell you all you need to know about that on today's show as well. But let's get into uh, the Leafs news, as we typically like to do here on the Locked On Leafs podcast. Um, Simone Benoit, uh, you know, young 24 defense, uh, 24 year old defenseman, six foot three, 205 pounds, signed a one year deal, 775K, David. Uh, really quickly before I kind of get into my spiel, what did you make of this signing? Is this uh, anything? Anything of substance for the Maple Leafs, or you think this is kind of more of a Marley's deal? Uh, no, I think it could be. I'm not saying like a significant deal for the Blue Line. I do think that they're they they were lacking some size on this Blue Line, especially depth wise. They just don't really have anyone that fills that you know play with some jam sort of style. Now, do I think he has a legitimate shot to play? Does Ben have a legitimate shot to make the team? It's possible. I don't think it's like I'm guaranteeing anything. Uh, you know, I look at his age, 25. He's not old, right? He's not one of those like, not like a Jordy Ben. Like Jordy Ben was kind of like that veteran that they brought in, hoping he could, you know, at least fill in the margins a little bit there. I think mean, Benoit, one thing that I looked at when he they did sign him was, okay, everyone's talking about how brutal his year was last year. Okay, what role did he play? He played top four minutes yeah. for Anaheim Ducks, who are a very bad team. Like, yeah. that's not a position you want to be in, really, especially Benoit, who, who has a limited skill set. Let's be honest here. Like, when you're playing in the top four, you got to do something really well. And I think his skill set just didn't fit in that mold. They were just, yeah. at this point, the Ducks weren't really trying to be competitive. They were trying to lose games. Like, let's be honest here. So, like, that's a tough, you know, way to judge someone's play because we've seen players go from playing really big roles with teams, 
who are brutal, almost like a Luke Shen did. You know, people were looking at them who were like, ah, this is this might be a little bit too much for him to come to the Leafs. He came to the Leafs a better team. All of a sudden, he was one of the Leafs' better defensemen. Now, I'm not saying Benoit is going to come here and be the stud defenseman, but I do think in the right role, in the right situation, considering the style of play he brings, it could work, but I'm not betting a lot of money that it's going to be a sure thing. Yeah, and, and you look at the deal that he signed. It's one year, 775000 right? Like, he didn't sign a big-ticket deal that would warrant being played up, you know, high into the lineup for a second pair. You know, at best, I think they're looking at him saying, you know, this could be our sixth, seventh, maybe eighth defenseman, right? Like, if injuries occur, okay, he's someone who we can chuck into the lineup who has NHL experience. To your point, uh, you know, last year, he played some pretty heavy minutes for the Anaheim Ducks in a top-four role. Average 19 minutes and 21 seconds a game. Like that's, that's a lot. Like that, that is a lot of time for somebody who to your point is never, you know, who was basically shoehorned up the lineup as opposed to playing in his proper position. But if he can come in and, and spell a guy like Mark Giordano every, you know, couple of weeks and then come in and just play some third pair minutes reliably, you know, throw your weight around. He's a guy who, you know, hits like a Mack truck last if you go, you look at, uh, you know, a lot of his highlight reels, you could see him just throwing around some bone crushing hits. He had 216 hits last year, 216 hits. Like the guy, yeah. he, he's thunderous back there from the blue line. And, and that is something that we have talked about quite a bit with this Toronto team is, yeah, you know, the blue line, it's, it's, it's not bad, right? Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, Klingberg, like there's some dudes out there. who can move the puck and can skate to Connor Timmons, but you know, is there is there a guy who can go out there and do what Luke Shen did last year for this team? It's funny you bring him up. And, you know, someone who could do, you know, provide that physical role. And there really isn't outside of Jake McCabe. Um, but they needed someone to maybe replace a little bit of what Luke Shen brought from the blue line. And to your point, maybe it's not Simon Benoit. I don't know if he's going to be an everyday NHLer. It's a pretty crowded blue line. They now have eight NHL defensemen. Um, signed to uh, signed to a contract. Um, the left side's crowded as well, which is where his natural position is. So I don't know if I look at this and I say, okay, he's gonna you know crack a, a an opening night spot in this roster, but he is somebody in the ilk of like a Victor Mete or a Jordy Ben who you brought up, who an injury occurs, all right, you can chuck him in the lineup. Or again, like I was saying earlier, Mark Giordano, if he if he needs a night off now that he's going into his, what, 39-age season, if he needs a night off every now and then, I think they would feel comfortable tossing Simone Benoit in there, uh, you know, play third pair minutes, 14 minutes a game, play against other opposition's third and fourth lines, not throw him out, throw him out to the wolves like he was in Anaheim, and maybe he might be all right. Yeah, and like even if he doesn't make the NHL lineup like the Marlies do need some bodies as well right they got a lot of younger defensemen down in the Marlies and one thing to note here is if he were to go down to the Marlies he wouldn't be considered a veteran the the issue when you sometimes you put players with the Marlies like a Jordy Ben you know guys who are older the AHL has rules on how many veterans you could have in the lineup every night right so what's the age do you want the ages offhand I think it's 26, 26. It could be. I, I don't remember the offhand the age, um, but they, that's that's always a complicated issue when you're 
sending guys down and you know, guys don't get a chance to play. Well, that wouldn't be an issue for uh, for Simon Benoit because he's 24 or turning 25, right? So that's like, and that's going to be a fairly young blue line too, right? Like Niemela, Kokinen, Villeneuve, like those are all guys who are under 22 years old. It'd be nice, you know, if you had some guys with some experience to play down there too. So this is where a guy like, I like, I'm not worried if you put him on waivers that someone's going to pick him up, right? Like, no, no. I, I think like you look at the couple of signings that they've made to kind of help that decor down for the Marlies and just give them extra depth should injuries occur. Like we saw last year, it got to a point where they had to call up like Mac Hollowell, who was like the ninth or 10th best defenseman in their system. But there were so many injuries where he had to go and play, you know, a half dozen games or so. So now they went out and they kind of addressed those positions. They went and they brought in William Lagason early in free agency, who's been, you know, a solid AHLer who can come up and play some NHL minutes if need be. Same with Max Lajoie, who's played some NHL minutes, uh, you know, early in his career in Ottawa. And now they go and they get Simone Benoit. So they don't have to, you know, chuck Nimala or Kokonen or Villanova, um, you know, into NHL action. Uh, earlier than they have to. So they're also just kind of lengthening, I think, what they've got on the blue line. Like, as of now, I, I don't know if he supplants any of the seven guys who are currently there on one-way deals. Like, clearly, Morgan Riley, Brody, McCabe, Klingberg, Lilligren, and and probably Giordano, depending on if he's playing. Like, I assume he's playing, I guess. He's under contract, and the expectation is – Maybe he's not an everyday guy, but I think the question is, you know, who who would they rather roll with uh, on opening night? Like, does Connor Timmons make this roster out of training camp, or are they going to give that seventh defenseman spot maybe to Simone Benoit? You know what I mean? Like, I think that's pretty much the only competition that uh, that he'll have for that seventh defenseman role. And that's even going to depend on, you know, what happens with the salary cap situation. Maybe they won't even be able to keep an extra defenseman um, just because of how the cap's going to roll. So I, I, I think that he's just depth. At the end of the day, he's a depth player. Um, yes, he is somebody who fits the mold, I guess you could say, of what you would expect a Brad Trilliving uh, defenseman to look like it's what he's had for years in Calgary you know big body players over six foot over 200 pounds um but you know it's a limited skill set but he's somebody who could just provide a little bit of depth who's got some jam to him and uh who could you know come and play some NHL minutes in a pinch and he's done it before like that's 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 all that's gonna be right it's very similar to last year when they signed Jordy Ben and Victor Mete it's 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 a depth signing i wouldn't look into it as uh as as much more could be pleasantly surprised maybe he at 24 years old really turns it on and he has a fantastic year with toronto could very well happen um but right now i, I think that's probably what we're looking at in uh, in this signing all right on the other side dave toronto's getting another hockey team we'll tell you who that is on the other side but before we get into all that, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors. It's our good friends over at FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket 
from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now's the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you could be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with their offer that you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL and the Locked On Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DeStefano with Dave Morissuti. We are hosts here at Locked On Leafs, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. If you are uh, an everydayer here and you check in to every show that we put out, we appreciate you uh, sticking around and we appreciate you listening to us all throughout the summer as we've uh, you know been looking for stuff to talk about. Uh, luckily today, there was actually a little bit of Leaf news where we could chat about uh, Simone Benoit. If you're new to the show and you enjoy, you know, the analysis we just gave um, and you want to stay locked in on what's going on with the Maple Leafs throughout the season that's about to start, make sure you subscribe to us. We got uh, on our road to 5K. We're almost at 4K and we're hoping to hit 5K and then we're going to do a giveaway, a subscriber giveaway. So make sure you sub up so that we can uh, get there as soon as possible and someone, some lucky Lockdown Leafs fan will get themselves a, a pretty cool giveaway. Uh, that being said, Dave, let's transition into what was kind of the the news of the day in the hockey world. That it didn't really have anything to do with the NHL. It had to do with uh, a different league that's coming to North America and uh, a team or a league that will host a team in the city of Toronto. And that's the PWHL, the Professional Women's Hockey League. Uh, you know, they there there was this announcement a few months back, and it was basically that the uh, there were two leagues. If, if people aren't aware of the situation, there were kind of two women's leagues in North America um, and neither were really getting anywhere. And they finally decided to dissolve and become one league with the help of the NHL. Um, so the NHL is going to be involved, uh, you know, somehow. Um, I, I don't know financially what their involvement is, is necessarily going to be exactly, but I do know that they're going to be, Involved in a way, and also uh, I think they said that they'll be involving the the league into some of their marquee events as well, and uh, really try and grow the women's game. So that's that's fantastic. Uh, so what uh, what do we know so far, Dave? Here's uh, a, a list of things that we know about this league. So it's going to be six teams to start: uh, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, and then three in the states with St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, the New York City area. And then uh, Boston will be getting a team as well. So it makes sense. You've got three big-time hockey cities in the States and then Ottawa, Toronto, and Montreal here in uh, in Ontario. Very close in proximity also for uh, for travel. So it makes a lot of sense to choose these six squads. Uh, the season will be 24 games long plus playoffs. And then they are scheduled to expand the season uh, next year to 32 games with the schedule starting in November next year. Uh, this year is going to start in January. Uh, rosters will be 20 women deep. Player contracts will be a minimum of 35000 with a max contract of $80,000. So, uh, w- which is great because, you know, Dave, I'm not sure if, you know, you've, uh, I know you've covered the the you know the the situation with the women's game for uh, Sportsnet uh, throughout your time there uh, a little bit at least, and that's always been a problem. Was it wasn't a livable wage, thirty five to eighty k. I mean it's it's livable. It's not fantastic, obviously, and hopefully it does grow. Um, but but at least that that's somewhat of a a livable wage. I mean maybe 
you know, in Toronto, it's a, if you're, if you're on the low end there, that's, that's a little tough, but you know, it, it's still, uh, it, it's, it's a step in the right direction to at least be getting, um, you know, paid regularly and, and half decent money, uh, compared to what they were getting. Is it anything like the NHL? No, it's, it's not. Um, that's a whole nother conversation, but at least it's a step in the right direction here in terms of, you know, these women getting paid for the profession and, you know, might not have to double as a nurse like some of them do or, you know, in, in some other jobs. Yeah, like there, this has always been kind of the struggle for, you know, when people kind of suggest all oh, the women's game, especially these leagues, aren't as, you know, prominent as NHL is like, well, you're talking about, you know, hockey players in the NHL who can afford to spend all their offseason training and using their own resources to get that training, these women are working, right? They're working normal jobs. I remember when they had the Women's Hockey League here in Toronto, I saw their practices in Brampton. Like, a lot of these players were working other jobs and then practicing in the evening to prepare for their games, right? This Like, they worked normal jobs. Then they were practicing for their professional Women's Hockey League games on top of that like that's a lot to ask of these athletes right and so i know that you know salary caps and like the phf like the professional hockey federation which was the one that was mainly in the states and then eventually tried to expand in canada and that one got disbanded i think it went from like seven hundred fifty thousand for the salary cap to 1.5 million mm-hmm. at one point right like it, the, there's just not enough money to say that these women can, some of these women can completely give up their, their other careers or other jobs. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of the way that things have gone. And I, I do want to add to you that I was reading that. Um, so although the max is, is 80 K uh, they do have to have a minimum of six players signed to that $80,000 contract also. And there will be like there, there are per I think team, per team, by the way. Yeah. Right. And when you have six teams, right, that's, you know, you, there should be enough to fill that void. There are a lot of good hockey players, you know, capable of, I think, being uh, of that ilk, especially for if you're looking at the USA and Canada. Rivalry. Yeah. But I think what this really does is it gives women the belief that there is a league that I can see myself starting out in making a livable wage may be a little tough starting out. I, I, you know, you know me, I cover a league called the CFL. They don't yeah. make anywhere close to what NFL players make, but they make enough to support their family or at least have enough ink, supplemental income with their families to support what they have to do. And then eventually, point, just really quickly, as you're, you know, on the CFL, like that's another league where some people have side jobs, right? Yeah. Like to, to, to make ends meet because. I think it's raised in the last couple of years, but at one point, like I'm pretty sure like 35,000 was the player minimum contract as well in the CFL. Yeah. 50,000 in a lot of cases. And now it's, now it's there. That's before taxes that, you know, some of these players get housing, but not all of them do. A lot of them split apartments, foreign apartments sometimes like I I've seen firsthand and I even see in the women's league, I've talked to some of these women hockey players, and that's always been the challenge is that they want to grow the game, but you know, there's gotta be investment in the women's game to allow them to focus on that on their own, right? Yeah. And so 
I do think that this is important how they're doing it. And look, is there's a lot of things they still have to work out. As you mentioned, there are, you know, they don't necessarily have a home rank in each city. I know that they're going to be doing different venues. Mm-hmm. You know, the last few years, this has just been trying to gauge where the good markets have been, where the good markets are to do these games. And you see that the cities that they were touring when they were the PWHPA, the dream tour, yeah, the dream tour, these are the cities that are getting these teams, right? Because they've found that the markets are thriving there. And like, these were good crowds. You start off with something. They got, I think, really good people working with it. Brian Burke is helping the, on the player side with the Players Association. He's the executive director there. Like Billie Jean King, one of the more famous female athletes of all time, is a part of this. You got the president of the Los Angeles Dodgers, one of the more profitable MLB teams out there, not named the Yankees. Like you got people who are who know how to grow a league and a sport. Like right. This should get, you know, anyone who's a fan of the female game excited. Is it ex- exactly what they want right now? No, but I do think they're in the right direction now that they have one league. And that's been the biggest problem for so many years. The the split leagues, like the NHL is like, we can't support both. Like we, we would love to support a league, but then, you know, how do we make it equitable between both leagues, right? Like yeah. who are we supporting? Right. And that's been, at least now, I think, hopefully, with this new direction, more players will now gravitate towards it, and you see this rise in women's hockey. It does sound like the league is is going to be involved with uh, with with the league in, in some capacity. I know there is also a, a financial part that they will be, you know, using to help grow the game. Because don't, I mean, don't be mistaken, growing the women's game grows the game of hockey in general, which will also benefit the NHL. Like this has always been an argument, too, for why the NHL was kind of short sighted to not be a little bit more aggressive to try and help, you know, fund a, a women's league. But um yeah, they're going to uh, also allow them to showcase them in, you know, the their marquee events, like whether they're doing a stadium series events or it's the all-star game. I think they're going to be hosting um, in some NHL buildings. They're going to be doing some, um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, what's, what's it called? When two teams not okay. in the same city. Uh, oh. Like a neutral site game. That's it, neutral site. Thank you. It's exactly what I was looking for. So we're going to be allowing them to do like neutral site games within NHL buildings. So let's say, you know, Boston and Toronto, a neutral site game in Detroit at Little Caesars Arena, for example. You know, something like that could be done or, yeah, you know, just as, as, a, as an example there. Going into some AHL markets, right, that may be looking for another – Another game, another woman, another hockey game they want to see that those I want to see yeah. the woman's game make a pitch yeah. for it. Yeah. And again, this is this is this is a like this is a startup at the end of the day. This is a startup. And I know it's, you know, women's the women's game is is exceptional. It's been around for a long time. Um, and, and maybe to some this feels like a little bit of a step back, dissolving it and only having six teams as opposed to having two leagues and then those two trying to thrive. Some people look at this as a little bit of a step back, but I think it's a step back, one step back to take two steps forward. It, it seems as though there's a, at least a little bit more direction here. Um, and hopefully, again, it grows. And much like we saw happen in the CFL, much like we're seeing in the MLS right now, 
you know, these leagues eventually they grew and then you saw the, the money come to the players as well. Right. Like now in the CFL, you got guys like the minimums 50 or 55,000. It's gone up like 20 K in the last six, seven years. Right. Whereas MLS very similar thing is they keep expanding. They're adding more teams. They're adding more, you know, international players. Now this is going to happen in, in the women's game. Might take a couple of years, might take a couple of years, but it's going to happen for sure. And uh, I think that this is, uh, is, this is great for hockey. Um, we'll take one more quick uh, break when we come back. There's some key dates as well to know for those who are interested in uh, the, the PWHL. So we'll, we'll tell you some of those uh, key dates on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morsuti. You're listening to the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Welcome back into the Locked On at Least podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morsuti with me. Uh, big day in the women's hockey game uh, today as the PWHL um, you know, made a series of announcements today that they'll be launching. They get the green light and uh, they let you know of the six teams that will be taking place, one of which will be in Toronto. We'll have more information on the teams, the coaches, and all of that uh, you know, shortly over the next month or two they're hoping to iron all of that out uh but the first key date and it's coming up quick dave um because they put out this information on on uh was it tuesday august 29th on september 1st dave free agency opens up they haven't even announced technically the coaches at gms yet yet free agency opens up on september 1st and it's a 10-day process where each team will be able to sign uh, three veterans to, I believe they'll be signing these guys to like their max contract of 80K. And these are going to be like their three pillars of the team, essentially. Um, so that'll be a 10-day process that opens up September 1st. So that's kind of your big key date for when things really start rolling here. That's just a couple of days away. Yeah, this is, um, I mean, I think the trying to get the ball rolling on the league was kind of the first hurdle they were trying to get over. And then you're just like, okay, so when's the draft? When are we going to find out who's leading these teams? Like this reminds me a lot about, uh, I'm going to bring the XFL into this. Like that's yeah. something that's controlled and run by the league. It's not done by singular ownership groups like you see in other sports. So that, that does take time. I guess I'm sure they have interested names and parties involved. They just are trying to finalize who's going to be a part of what, you know, we've already, the infrastructure was there from past leagues. It's just a matter of who wants to be a part of this. Right. So I think, yeah. Would you like to have everything up and running right on time? Yes. But I think if you're throwing also a lot of information at once, like I think they just want to get out the key points that fans kind of need to know right away. There's, Logistics that the league is probably not ready has probably already laid down. They just can't announce it yet, right? So yeah, yeah. And and the important thing too here is you know you build some you build a, a foundation because right now the league it's league controlled everything there is being paid by the league. Eventually, if you want to see this grow, I've got to mention this on the other side. You got to get some investors involved with it, right? Investing in teams. I think about the Serie A in Italy. They have a, their own women's league, and it's usually the teams 
like Juventus, I'm a Juventus fan, as many of you, some of you might know. They have their own women's team. They pay these players. So, like, this is something that, that like, they're working towards. But the important thing right now is they got to get this league up and running. They got to get the free agency done. All this, like, these little steps, they got to get these done. They got to build the product to sell. Exactly. It's a startup. They got to build the product. Where and are then you going to watch the games, too? Right. Then they could show it off and take it to advertisers. Hey, look, there is a, you know, this is working. Look how much money this is making. Look, look how, how many, many eyeballs we there. have here. That's how it's going to work. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, free agency open up on September 1st. September 18th is the inaugural PWHL draft. So that'll take place in Toronto. So I believe, uh, so those who aren't part of the inaugural six times three, 18 players who are signed and chosen to be, um, you know, the, the free agents, I guess, uh, they will all be part of the draft. I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, so all the remaining players in the pool will, will be drafted by their teams and it'll be 15 rounds. So each team will make 15 selections and they'll have a total of 18 players, uh, rights at the very least, um, by the end of the draft and then it's basically a, a free-for-all for all the undrafted free agents to uh to, to sign them and then from there they need a minimum of 28 players um for camp open hmm. which camps open on november 13th and then apparently it's like a six-week camp process to get things rolling before they uh they actually kick things off in January of 2024. No exact uh, schedule yet. That's to be announced in October. Um, but yeah, so that 28 person roster will be cut down to 20 by, uh, by the time camp opens up in November. So should be interesting to see how, uh, how things play out. Yeah. I think the signings, if I'm if I'm gonna I'm, I might be jumping the gun a little bit here, but I think those signings will be like those eighty thousand dollars, like the top end right, player. Right, 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 right. I think those like you're not gonna see those captains or your pillars. These these are uh, who are marketing the team around, right? Exactly. Like it'll be the 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 Sarah nurses of the world. It'll be you know the Kendall Coin Schofield. It'll be Amanda Kessel. Like it'll be those girls, right? Who will be part of. Um, part of these things like abby newhook like these are the girls that i think will be part of those uh those pillar players who will get signed um who's that actually who's the the young canadian girl who absolutely has tore it up the last couple of years she's like the next one i'm blanking on her name number Philia? 10 Philia. Sarah Philia. Sarah Philia. yes yeah I, i'd imagine she will be part of um one of these uh teams as well hopefully it's toronto because Man, she had one hell of a talented player. She's a really, really good player. I think, yeah. So like there, I mean, there's so many. Like Brianne Jenner, I, I'm assuming she might be involved yeah. in some way. Like there's so many good players. I'll be curious to see what happens with uh the international women. Cause like there's some really, really talented players in her internationally as well. Like especially from Finland. Finland's got a couple. Uh, I'll be curious to see if they're also like invited as part of this process. I think it was at September 3rd is the deadline for players to declare for the draft. So they're going to have to make their minds up, I guess. Do they want to come and be part of 
the PWHL or do they want to remain in yeah. you know their Scandinavian European women's leagues that are that are there? We'll see. I mean, I, I would imagine that this North American league will be far more competitive just based on the fact that every year you basically have Canada and U.S. going toe-to-toe at the World Championships and in the Olympics, and basically this league will be made up of all those players. Um, so I'll be curious to see how much international players they're able to uh, to bring kind of over, over the pond into the PWHL in their inaugural year. That'll be something I'll be interested in in, in seeing here. Um, that's, that, that's a lot of information that we've kind of thrown at the people. Uh, and that's kind of all we know right now is just information. Like we just, we've been told, hey, this is what's happening. So we kind of just relayed all that information to uh, to the good listeners for the podcast. But, you know, do you have some final thoughts uh, to kind of wrap this wrap this up today? Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, where this league can go because as fun as watching the Canada US series every year, they're great, great competition. We need, we need to see more. Need to see more of it. Also, we'll definitely get get absolutely torched if we didn't mention the the the, the name Marie Philippe Poulin at all. Oh, we'll yeah. Throwing out throwing out names here. I mean, that uh, goes without saying. I mean, there's. I I figured it would go without yeah. saying, but you know, let's let's cover our bases here and say absolutely, she will also be in the conversation as uh, you know one of those original pillar players definitely a captain of of one of the teams um montreal will be cool if she ends up kind of you know montreal goes and and signs her which it's gonna be a free agent process so that would make the most sense to be honest for montreal just to be like hey like you're from here you're also a member of the montreal canadians organization it would just make the most sense of all time to come and be the captain of this Montreal team in their inaugural season. Um, so that would be kind of cool. I could like, like Sarah nurse, I would imagine for Toronto, like she lives here uh, year round. Like I, I've literally seen her downtown just like walking around. Uh, so that that's like a, like I can already, I'm like trying to, to, to place these teams. I'm trying to play matchmaker. Cause I'm at, I'm that excited about it. I, I really, really am. I think the women's games in a really good place. There's some really talented people. I've been a fan of the game and an ally of the women's game since my college days. Like I called four years of college hockey and uh, for, for you sports back in the day. And, you know, I gained a real appreciation for it. Like some of those ladies. Well, what Mike's college. trying to tell you is he's one of the GMs. He just doesn't want to say it. Wouldn't that be nice? Could you imagine if I got named one of the GMs of the team? I could be a scout. Could be a scout. Like a lot of these players, like I've, I've watched them play a lot. You know, like I've some of these people I've I've watched them play, and even um, you know, girls like, like Abby Newhook, for example, um, who's the sister of Alex Newhook, by the way. Um, like I watched her play at the Canada Games when she was nineteen or twenty years old or something like that a few years ago, out in uh, where was that? Not Calgary, Red Deer, in Red Deer, Alberta. So I mean, like, I, 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 you know, I, I got some connections to the women's game. Maybe I want to throw my my hat into the ring. I know that uh, I am looking for some more full time employment coming this hockey season. If any of the women's teams want to want to bring me on as a, a scout or you know anything, personal motivator, personal motivator, I can come in and I can read the lineup every every single game and try and get the ladies hyped. 
You know, I've, I've got experience. I've got experience in that kind of stuff. I don't know if I could be a GM outside of, you know, the video games. I, my GMing experience is is not the greatest, but uh, I could be a I could be a hype man for one of these teams. Absolutely. I could 100 percent. We'll see. We'll see. This is me telling the people if if anyone from the league, the new PWHL is is listening to this podcast, um, hit me up. My DMs are open. <laughs> All right, let's uh, before we get just completely off the rails. Why don't we? Why don't we end it here, buddy? Um, good chat, good conversation. We're both clearly pretty excited about this, um, and you know we'll have to do uh, you know a lockdown Leafs um, field trip. Go to a game once they get up and running in uh, in January. That for sure is is going to have to happen. All right. We'll end things there, though. Appreciate everyone who made it through till the very end. Uh, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You'd subscribe to the Locked Up East podcast on all podcasting platforms, including up on YouTube as well, uh, and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at the underscore Morisuti. Follow the show as well at Locked on Leafs. Uh, go ahead, smash that like button if you enjoyed this conversation leave a comment down below uh about uh two things one your excitement for the pwhl and also is simone benoit going to be part of the leafs or the marlies this season where do you think he plays more games with the leafs or the marlies what's your what's your quick answer to that dave i'll go with marlies yeah i think i'm gonna go marlies so too. i see him play in a blue and with the blue and white in preseason i'm gonna go with the marlies all right let us know your answer down in the comment section below we'll be back with another episode on friday Ooh, fan friday it's coming back around again so i have to get someone locked and loaded for y'all for fan friday if you're interested reach out to us uh we're looking for people each and every friday uh until then keep it locked right here on locked on leafs